This is Sam. This is Paul. And this is Southpaw. start the show, we'd like to give a shout out to our new Patreon sponsor, Steven. You're the man, Steven. The best ever. Best ever! And also a shout out to the legend, Ron DJ, for joining us on Discord. You're the man! The best ever! If you would like a shout out and to join us on Discord, support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash southpawpod. So today we're here to discuss UFC 234 out of Australia. The main event was supposed to be Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum, but Robert Whitaker got pulled out last second due to a hernia, but it was beyond that. I think he not only had a hernia, but his bowels were all twisted up and I think he still wanted to fight, but the doctors, the UFC doctors told him, um, if you take one shot to the stomach, you'll die. So they actually couldn't even wait. He had to go into emergency surgery because that's how dangerous it was. So the main event then became Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya. So it wasn't that interesting of a card other than that fight. But what were your thoughts? I thought it was interesting to see what Anderson would look like when you have a counter-striker who's willing to play your games. And he's fought counter-strikers before who have a lesser degree of his varied striking, like Michael Bisping. But to see somebody that can match him kick for kick, punch for punch, feint for feint, was a treat in itself. Yeah, it wasn't a fun fight for everybody. I think it was more of a fun fight for um, UFC fans and hardcore fans because there was a lot of creativity being shown and it was almost like watching like a person fight their shadow. There was a lot of similarities and it was just kind of a fun fight. It wasn't like one of those fight of the years kind of fun fight, but it was kind of a interesting fight. There was a lot of not so much damage going on, but a lot of things going on. And for people who like to break down fights, there, uh, there was a lot of interesting things going on. It almost seemed like a very high-level sparring match that you might see at a gym like AKA when two evenly matched guys go back at it. I would imagine, not that their styles are similar by any means, but when DC and Cain Velasquez have a sparring match, you would get a similar type of result. Where it's high-level, it's technical, but there's still enough damage being done so that you know it's a real fight. Watching the fight, I was uh, curious to see how... Anderson Silva would deal with Israel Adesanya, especially because Israel's the younger, more athletic guy. And Anderson came out backing up like he normally does, inviting Israel to take the lead. What was interesting was, I don't think Anderson Silva has ever fought an opponent who faints as much as Israel Adesanya does. And, and Silva did bite on a lot of those faints, but he was still countering pretty well. I know Bisping faints just as much. But his tools are a lot more limited, so Anderson had less to worry about. I think with Bisping, he does the same like one or two feints over and over, so there's a same volume of feints. Whereas 
Israel Adesanya uses more of a variety of different feints, where he feints with kicks from both sides, hands, or just different levels. Like he feints like a body shot. I think not just the fainting, but also the taunts that Israel threw to Anderson was interesting because Anderson was known to be that guy. And it's it, it's fun to see it get thrown back at him at somebody who, not that they look alike, but in terms of range and build are very similar. Yeah. So with Anderson backing up, inviting Adesanya to basically charge in with punches, Adesanya didn't bite. He stayed very disciplined. Actually, he stayed more disciplined than Anderson Silva throughout the fight, which was surprising because he's usually the older fighter who's more disciplined from experience. But actually, Adesanya was very disciplined and did not rush in ever the way that Silva was was baiting him to. But the tools that Adesanya has, he has the tools to still win, which is on volume of kicks. He just stayed away far enough. He's not going to get hit by counters. And then he just kept flicking kicks. He kicked his legs. It's not like a murderous amount of times, but he was winning the volume game just with kicks alone. He was hitting him with the instep or barely with the bottom of the, the shin. So he was staying really far away and only throwing those long distance kicks to just rack up points. So basically it's like, if you want me to charge in there and get countered, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to keep beating you in the points game until you do something. And that's what Israel mostly did. As creative as Israel is, it was his understanding and sticking to the fundamentals that probably got him to win. Because he knew if he kept throwing just one, twos and creative strikes where he pot shots, it could be a crapshoot. But you know what? If I stay disciplined, if I throw strikes at a decent volume and mix it in with the flashy things that I'm used to, I'll probably win this fight. Yeah. For a fighter who's known for his creativity, I kept wondering what kind of crazy shit is going to happen. I was actually kind of scared for Silva, but it ended up being Israel won comfortably by just uh, sticking to his bread and butter, which was long-range kicks and then punching when there's an opening. I think you and I both knew, Sam, that when two counter-strikers go at it, it could either be entertaining or a dud like Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. I think as far as significant strikes landed, it kind of was a dud, but it was still interesting to watch because they were both styling. But they were both styling, doing crazy stuff, when for sure they weren't going to get hit. Right, like kind of doing the wall, like the cage wall walk or, um, you know, different weird kicks or different movements or different poses. They did that always when they knew they were far enough away. So, you know, they kind of did a blueprint for a fight where if it's going to be a dud as far as significant strikes, here's ways where you could kind of make a cinematic like a Kung Fu fight and still make it interesting. So they, they kind of showed Hey, even with a fight where there isn't that much actual damage and hitting being done, it could still be kind of fun. You just got to add the, the Shaolin Kung Fu. Presentation counts for a lot. What was unusual, though, actually, it wasn't unusual. But what was surprising, like I said, was Adesanya was the disciplined fighter. And it ended up being Silva chasing him several times, often at his own peril, where he was kind of running with his face first. When you look at Israel's past four fights in the UFC, he hits accurately and he hits creatively. But one thing you can't accuse him of doing is being overly reckless. So he recognized early that Anderson has that 
right hook that comes in when he's being lazy or when he drops his hands just a little bit. And who knows, maybe the pressure of being moved last minute from co-main to main in Australia may have affected him just a tiny bit, whereas Anderson's used to doing things last minute. He saved the card in Brazil by accepting that last-minute fight with Stefan Bonner. So for him, it's just another day at the office. But for Israel, who's was going into his fifth UFC fight, might have been, ooh, this is interesting. It's another wrinkle. It might have thrown off just his game a tad bit by saying, oh, okay, I'm going to go on a little bit later than I thought. All right. Well, is it still going to be three rounds or is it going to be five? So I would be interested to note that if he comes out and says, yeah, these are the things that affected me that I think it would. Here's what I'm going to do to course correct in the future. I think maybe it was more that Anderson Silva actually did scout him out pretty well. I think that threw him off. It kind of reminded me of Darren Till versus uh, Stephen Thompson, where Darren Till is also one of those guys who's not high volume as far as combinations. He takes pot shots and he only likes to throw when he feels like it's a very high accurate punch. So when he couldn't find those openings against Thompson, he just did kicks from far away and was winning the volume striking game. Now, the difference is Steven Thompson isn't as old and basically as slow as Anderson Silva is now. So Thompson was able to do a lot better. But Adesanya was basically implementing the same game plan um, that Darren Till did. And he was playing it safe. And I believe Anderson Silva brought in Alex Pereira to prepare for Israel before this fight. Now, Israel and Alex have different styles, especially with kickboxing rules. But Alex has two wins over Israel. So I don't know how well he was prepared to deal with Israel or if that had no factor at all. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Alex Pereira KO'd Adesanya in a kickboxing match. But Pereira has like the opposite style of Anderson Silva, which is a very high volume, high pressure game. And I was wondering, you know, bringing that guy in, how is that even going to help? Because this guy doesn't even have a style that Silva could replicate. But actually against Adesanya, Silva did do a lot more leading and pressuring than he normally does. Like he really went after it. He wasn't as versed in it as Alex Pereira uh, because that's not, that's not Anderson Silva's style. He's more of a counterpuncher. But he pressured. He even chased. But, you know, the difference is, is Pereira fought Adesanya in a smaller ring, right? And a cage is much bigger than a ring. And it doesn't have any corners. So it's really hard to pressure people and keep them pinned against the ropes in the octagon. Because they just aren't shaped the same. And they just don't have those same kind of sharp corners. So... In MMA, to really pressure people like that, you need the threat of takedowns, which Anderson Silva doesn't have. And the other thing to really pressure is if the other person has just really bad footwork, which Adesanya doesn't have. So with what he had, Silva did implement as much of Pereira's game as he could. I always saw it as a high-level striker from a striking-only discipline facing off against perhaps the most decorated MMA striker, at least in the UFC. And we got to see a treat in terms of veteran knowledge and how Anderson would understand, okay, you're trying to trap my hands. No, I'm not going to bite. Whereas there's people would think, and that usually works. I guess I should have known better. 
Actually, that's something one of our fans mentioned. Joshua Hounshell. Shout out to Joshua. Shout out to Joshua. He was mentioning how basically Adesanya was using hand trapping. But why was Adesanya using hand trapping? It was because he was countering Anderson Silva's 52 blocks. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, 52 blocks is that weird hand thing, matrix thing that he does. It's some prison boxing style that came up like decades ago. And <laughs> he countered 52 blocks with hand trapping, which really led to nothing. It never ended up being an offensive advantage for either fighter, but it was more Kung Fu theater. Oh, you do 52 blocks? Well, I do hand trapping. There you go. Sam, did you think anytime during that fight that either fighter was in danger? Oh, yeah, definitely. I felt like Anderson Silva was in danger a bunch of times. And I actually thought Israel was in danger uh, a couple of times. But because we haven't really seen him take a lot of damage before, I didn't know how his chin was. So I was kind of wondering if it was going to be like uh, John Jones, where John Jones barely got hit in his first several fights. So you didn't know how good his chin was. And he was so good at offense. And then you realize later on, oh, he also has a really good chin. So is he not only hard to hit, but if you do hit him, he could just walk through him anyway. And I was kind of wondering if Israel's the same way, where like he's really hard to hit, but if you do hit him, he's going to eat those punches like breakfast anyway. And I think that's what it was. Whereas when Anderson started catching him clean a few times, I realized, oh shit, it's the worst of all worlds. Not only is he hard to hit, but he has a really good chin. And I think it's important to note that Israel has good pattern recognition. So he knew what he was getting hit by and when. He still got it, but as the fight grew longer and longer, he was still getting hit, but it wasn't at the full brunt of it. It was just at the tail end, just catching a whiff of it. And you realize, oh, okay, I need to fix this. And he's trying to make that adjustment mid-fight. Which is difficult to do, and who knows, maybe if it went five rounds, he would have caught Anderson with a great counter. But as it stands, it was only a 15-minute fight, so he did what he did within the rule set and the time that he was given. And it's also good to watch Anderson Silva leading again, because he did start the fight kind of baiting Adesanya to come in rushing. And when Adesanya didn't do that, then uh, Silva took the lead, which we haven't really seen him do too much since his pride days and his fights in Japan and other organizations, and maybe his Rich Franklin fights. But other than that, he's been the disciplined counter-striker. And one of the reasons why he stopped leading was because he was getting taken down so much. So he allowed people to take the lead so that he could force them to take shots so he could see them coming. So he developed this style of counter-fighting, but that's not how he originally started. But he, he was kind of out of practice with this. So the question was, could he still do it now? And he was doing a good job. He was leading and, and still countering with the right. Well, he was landing his jabs. He was leading pretty good. He was losing the volume game, of course. And also Adesanya has too much movement. He moves around the cage too well. So every time Anderson hit him a couple of times, it was really hard for him to capitalize because when was the last time Anderson Silva had to even like corner somebody or cut off the cage? I don't think he's ever had to understand that type of footwork in the octagon before until now. And in him trying to corner and, and cut off somebody, you realize he doesn't really have a system. So he just chases them. Israel is also, I think, the highest profile guy that will stand switch openly, not shifting mid fight and just doing it almost as a taunt. Like, what are you going to do? Okay, I'll switch. 
All right, now what? All right, go ahead and adjust. I'll figure it out. Well, I think it's part of his feigning game instead of like TJ Dillashaw or Dominic Cruz where it's part of their combination or other fighters that we've discussed who just do it as part of their offense. I'm going to attack from this side now. He kind of does it to be like, oh, I'm in this stance. Which kicks am I going to use? I'm in this stance. Which kicks am I going to use? So because he is typically a pot shotter and isn't super high volume, um, he uses all of that as part of his feigning game. So, you know, we talk about crazy footwork, stance switching, or the MMA game of Habib or Daniel Cormier or even Henry Cejudo, where they're mixing in the wrestling with the striking seamlessly, where they're not even like transitioning. It's all of it at once. I think Adesanya is also bringing in something new. He's still kind of old school in that he's mostly a striker, but his striking game is new is in that he's bringing in a system of feints where he uses more feints than anybody else. He basically did what Michael Bisping did, but what Michael Bisping did with front kicks and punches, Israel just did it with kicks mostly or kicks first and then punches later. Just copying that Bisping volume game that you can beat Anderson Silva on points by just hitting him more and not even hitting him more, but also just throwing more strikes, period. Anderson, because of his counter-striking style, is willing to stand there and let you hit him just for the chance of hitting you back. And this is also similar in the vein of Henry Cejudo. When we talked in the past about how he might not be fast, but he has very good reflexes. And Anderson Silva, for his age at 43, has very good striking reflexes. Yeah, I was actually surprised by that because there's moments where when he's in offense, he looks super slow. But when he's countering or he's reacting to something Adesanya is doing, he was actually super quick. So you know how people say, as you get older, strength is the last thing to go. Maybe also as you get older, reflexes can still kind of remain. Uh, muscle memory, they're still kind of dialed in there. Like the way he avoided all those kicks, like that's still in him. Since Adesanya was such a huge favorite for this fight, nothing Adesanya did was that surprising because we expected everything. We expected Adesanya to just go in there and maul Silva. So what was more surprising was Anderson Silva to me. Not just about how well he fought, because I knew Anderson Silva is, of course, capable of fighting really well. And he could hang with everybody. Still, maybe for the next few years. Whether he can beat everybody, I don't know. But he could definitely hang with the best still. But two things that was interesting that is still innovative from Anderson and also says a lot about his creativity and how much he knows the game was how he blocked the leg kicks with his hamstring. I think part of it was because he was afraid of breaking his legs again. So he would like shoot out his leg and just kind of basically point his ass towards the kick. So you either kicked him in the ass or you kicked him in the hamstring. But that basically nullified the majority of Adesanya's uh, leg kicks. They were still racking up points just because their kicks being thrown, but they really didn't damage Anderson that much at all. The second thing that Anderson did that was really surprising was Silva used a strategy that was super dangerous, but he must have felt like there's no other way to beat this guy than to use this strategy because he knew he wasn't going to win on the points game or the volume game, which was Silva was willing to go for the double KO to win. Meaning he's willing to, he himself be KO'd to have a chance of KOing you. Whether that ends up with both of you guys being KO'd or he's just risking himself being KO'd to KO you, I don't know. But he was willing to do that. Like 
the times he just dropped his guard. And people were like, why is he doing that? Because he knows Adesanya is too fast. And he knows if he drops his guard, for sure, Anderson Silva knows he can get KO'd. But he was like, I'm willing to get KO'd just because maybe I feel like that's my best chance of beating you. I have to risk getting myself KO'd just to have a chance of KOing you. Because there was a couple of times where when Israel did come in for that, Anderson was already ready with a kick or a punch. I've seen him do that before where he puts himself against the fence, where he's also willing to risk the KO to KO you. I think what he did against Weidman wasn't a double KO tactic. I think against Weidman, he was just clowning and got caught. But now at this age and against somebody as good as Adesanya, he realized there's probably only one path to victory, which is to risk it all, like a Hail Mary or like an all-in attempt. I got to really put myself out there and almost risk myself getting KO'd because Adesanya's defense and evasiveness was too good and too fast. So how do I get him to stop defending my punches? I got to get him to punch me. So that was also surprising that Anderson was willing to like use that tactic of double KO or just go out on his shield to, to get the victory. But this isn't the same as like what other people do where they just like bite down on their mouth guard and, and just throw punches blindly. Because if you do that, you can't really aim for a KO because you're not aiming at all. You just close your eyes and start punching and hoping for the best. Anderson, that's not a style. He still needs precision. As the punch is coming towards him, he still wants to see where he's going to land his punch. And so that's a bit different from what other fighters do of the firefight. When his arms are down and he's inviting you in, he sees your punches coming and he sees your face. So... He's going to try to take a sniper shot at the risk of himself being sniped. It's also worth noting that Israel probably prepared for Anderson for all defensive types of situations. But rarely is it going to be that, okay, when he puts his hand down, just stands there. This is what it's like. Chances are he's not really prepared for such scenarios. And like you mentioned, Anderson says, well, okay. At least if I have my hands down, I know he'll be coming and I know what he'll be aiming for. We talked about like the new modern, like mixed martial artists, right? And they're somebody who could threaten you in every different way. And I, and we talked about that with TJ where he does a lot of feints, but you know, the shots, those aren't going to be real for the most part. Right. And so when Anderson Silva puts his arms down, whatever he has to worry about with Adesanya, Clinch and takedown isn't going to be one of them. So he has to just worry about punches and kicks. So he's eliminated. Actually, Adesanya has eliminated for him because that's not in his game, those things. So Anderson just has to think about punches coming from the left hand, punches coming from the right hand, and kicks from either side. So Anderson just has that to worry about. So I think Anderson was maybe taking a calculated risk as well. But he's still relying on his reflexes and his speed and his speed. His reflex is still there. His his muscle memory is there, but his speed is not the same. And and I think that's what happens when you have two fighters where they're pretty even in skill and, and striking ability. Then it just comes down to who's younger and who has better athleticism. I think what surprised Adesanya, to your point about maybe that threw him off, the putting the hands down or putting himself against the fence. It does seem like, though, that... Adesanya has better natural ability at this age. Like whatever natural ability Silva had is mostly gone now compared to Adesanya. But it does seem like Silva 
has scouted Adesanya. Silva had scouted Adesanya much better than Adesanya, and his camp has scouted Anderson Silva. It's just that Anderson, just at this age, didn't have the ability to capitalize on it. But the way Anderson Silva's team broke it down and the way Anderson broke it down in his head, it just seemed like Anderson did a better job in that aspect. Another fighter it kind of reminded me of was actually Lomachenko, where Lomachenko will fight out of the southpaw stance. And oftentimes he will drop one hand or the other because he knows that if he's in a southpaw stance and he drops his left, that it invites people to throw punches at that side and it's open. And he knows, okay, I'm going to counter everything from this side with either a dip or I'm going to slip to that side or I'm going to come over with a hook. And if you see that often enough, you think, oh, it's open and you take advantage of it only for him to be like, no, it's just baiting you. And Anderson could have had the same thought process, but Israel's like, hmm, seems too good to be true. Kind of like those booby traps where you have the bear traps like, nah, I'm not going to bite. I'm like, mm, I'll wait. Yeah, so Silva wasn't able to capitalize on it, but now I wonder, will other fighters be able to capitalize on game planning for Israel Adesanya? Like, tell me what you think about this, Paul. So Israel kind of reminds me of a young BJ Penn. Not in their size or necessarily their fighting style, but kind of their natural ability and their creativity. Like PJ Penn was famous for saying he doesn't game plan. He just goes in there and adapts because his in-fight fight IQ was higher than most other fighters and his abilities were better than other fighters. And his like kind of ability in any one of those things, whether it was wrestling, boxing, or jujitsu, just tended to be ranked higher than his opponents then you could kind of style on them, right? And Israel is called a style bender, right? So we've seen his creativity in mid-fight adjusting, but in any one of his fights that I've seen, I've never seen it where it looked apparent that he came in with a game plan. And I think he does the BJ Penn method where he just trains to the best of his ability. And then he goes in there trying to be healthy. And then he just kind of style bends as he goes he doesn't go in there with a game plan per se he kind of just writes the script as he's going like i didn't know what his plan against anderson silva was other than high volume that michael bisbing used but then again to counter my own point maybe he didn't even watch michael bisbing maybe it's just high volume is just what he came up with on the fly but as far as his team and their ability to to prepare him for specific opponents I just think about Dan Hooker, you know, like that was a shitty game plan. And I don't think Dan Hooker had a game plan. I think he just went out there and it's like, I'm going to do my thing. And and they didn't even have the wherewithal to throw in the towel. And it's the same camp that trains Israel Adesanya. So I don't know if his camp is ready for prime time yet. Like what happens when he fights these other fighters? Like Kelvin Gastelum is for sure going to come with a game plan. Now, as far as athleticism and attributes, I think... Israel is better. But do I think Israel is better in all those things and will also come in with a better game plan? I don't know. I think he just comes in with the better attributes, but not the better game plan. And if he had the better game plan on top of that, then he would be just so much more dangerous. And I think the same thing if he fought Robert Whitaker or, you know, a lot of fighters, maybe he might lose to a fighter because they game plan better than he did. Like against Derek Brunson, the way he won. Was that a game plan? No, it just looked like he adapted and aimed and countered and also was setting up stuff in the fight. 
setting up stuff in the fight is not the same as going in there with a blueprint. It seems like Israel is going off of dossiers more so than game plans. So he'll look at a Derek Brunson and he'll say, what do you do? How do you do it? What do you do well? What are you weak at? Okay, I got it. Yeah, I'll figure this out when I get in there. Same thing with Brad Tavares, same thing with his other opponents, and same thing with Anderson. Maybe instead of specifically game planning, he'll kind of get a general sense of what you do well, where you're weak at, and then he figures, I'll adjust on the fly once I get inside. He's an improviser. He's kind of like a freestyle rapper, where he kind of basically gets the gist of his opponent's like rapping style and then tries to like, you know, diss on him better. But in the highest levels of prize fighting, can you do everything just off of improvisation, of just freestyling? I don't know. I mean, yes. I mean, he could be champion. So much of it is also like who's in the division at the time. Like Gegard's not there. You know, uh, Luke Rockhold is going up to 205. Yoel Romero's going up to 205. But if Yoel Romero stayed at 185, like do I think Israel Adesanya can beat Yoel Romero? Can he? Yes. But as far as probability or style matchup, even with improvisation, I think Yoel, in my opinion, has a higher likelihood of winning. How do you think Israel would game plan for Yoel Romero? Or do you think he wouldn't game plan and just go in there and just like, I'm going to do this like I do every fight. Stand there and just kind of watch him and see how he reacts to feints and then I'm going to style on him. How would Israel do against Cuban Superman? That's a good question. I think he would have a similar game plan slash outlook like Robert Whitaker in the first fight where he spams you with so many different strikes that you'll has a hard time reacting and he's not sure what to do. If I was Israel, I would try to throw as many feints, kicks, different looks, stance switching as possible because Yol can explode in an instant. He's like a giant cat, but he has a lot of lulls in activity where he's not doing a lot. And Israel, for all his faults, isn't known for rushing into things dangerously. And when Yol springs into action, who say Israel can't be prepared? Now, is he ready for the type of wrestling and intensity that Yol brings? I don't know. That's a big question. Israel is also 29, so he's starting the game really late. If he is Anderson Silva's like clone, let's say, even though he has his own style, it's also an insult in that Israel is kind of a upgraded version of a style from the late 90s or the early 2000s. So not only is he starting out late, but he has an old school style where it's like every fight is going to be striker versus something where he's the striker versus an MMA fighter. He kind of has John Jones's build where he's the longest fighter for his division, except he doesn't have John Jones's wrestling. And we've talked about that. Where, you know, if your base isn't wrestling or you don't know how to wrestle, you kind of get capped out. So will we see another guy like Anderson Silva who reigns supreme just with striking alone? Like, will Israel Adesanya show that you can still be that guy? Or will he become like a Damian Maya where, you know, you, you could get to the title shot several times, but actually winning it or keeping it? I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I think if the division is weak enough, yeah, absolutely. Because outside of Robert Whitaker, who's also very young, I think he's either 30. But he's or, injury prone. He has so many injuries. He is. And he did 10 rounds with Romero, I think. Yeah. That's like 12 car crashes. 
and he's the champion. So if you go down the list of strong wrestlers or people who could give Israel a hard time, you run short of contenders because maybe a prime Weidman would have given Israel nightmares, but it seems like he's already depleting himself at middleweight and a move to light heavyweight is in the card. Same with Yoel, same with Luke Rockhold. And the next emerging contender they have is Paulo Costa, who's another striker, but the way he strikes is horrendous. And that bad style matchup. It looks like a tailor-made matchup for Israel. If I was Paulo's coach, I would have been like, let's stay away from him as much as possible until we get a better idea on how to fix his technical faults. And Gegard's not there anymore. Brunson was, I think, before Anderson, the highest ranked guy that Israel beat. And his grappling is not great, to say the least. And Israel, he could stay at the top for a while, depending on what the middleweight talent pool looks like. That's what I'm saying. So he's kind of a throwback fighter. But his success is more about how bad the division is doing more than how good he is. This is where I go back to what I said in one of the earlier podcasts where I think Israel might be more hype than real because the hype is from that he's coming in at the right time when the middleweight division is really bad. Actually, right now, the UFC, most of the divisions are bad other than like bantamweight, I think. Oh, I think lightweight is pretty stacked. Lightweight is stacked. Bantamweight is stacked. Basically, lightweight and below are actually pretty good flyweight is being dissolved so i guess like lightweight featherweight and and bantamweight but bantamweight i think being the best right now and then 170 and above uh and then heavyweight heavyweight is no that's not new heavyweight historically been bad but what's unusual is like middleweight and light heavyweight being bad those used to be pretty good now they're not they're not good at all and i think also that's part of partly because of bellator Bellator's key weight divisions are heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, and and uh, 170 also, welterweight. Bellator has that welterweight Grand Prix going. And I think as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best things in MMA right now because you have guys who also, ironically, the week following Anderson versus Israel, we have Paul Daly versus Michael Venom Page. And that's another great stylistic striking matchup where you have the MMA savvy striker against somebody who has the better kickboxing degree coming in and they're fighting in the Bellator cage. And even though they have different stylistic matchups, I think we are living in a great time of MMA overabundance where there's a lot of good fights if you know where to look and if the MMA gods are fortunate enough to bless us with them. Yeah. So overall, fun fight. Israel Adesanya was the younger, more athletic fighter. Anderson Silva did a really good job of game planning for him and had a pretty good strategy that was also very high risk. And with that high risk, he did a lot better than most people thought he could do. And he did hit Adesanya more than I think Adesanya has ever been hit before in an MMA fight. So, you know, I guess there was a moral victory in that. But otherwise, I guess that was it. See ya. Goodbye.